just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. July was the Earth's hottest month ever recorded. And in Salt Lake City, we broke a few heat records of our own. Now, heat is dangerous, which is why Salt Lake County establishes public cooling centers in the summer. But what's the best way to get the word out? And how can we all contribute meaningfully to looking out for each other in these record temps? This time last year, lead producer Emily Means talked with Ron, who's been homeless on and off in Salt Lake for years. And later, I met up with Wendy Garvin of Unsheltered Utah for a list of ways we could all start pitching in today. It's Wednesday, August 2nd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, it's been a hot summer, a really hot summer. What's it been like uh, living out here over mm. the past couple months? I have COPD, and I've had part of the lung taken out because I had lung cancer, so it's, the humidity is drier here, but it's it's been very hard to breathe. Because of the heat? Yes. So, yeah. And my age, too. And I, and I smoke. I mean, the nights here are hot, too. What's it like living out here while it's so hot? Um, it's not so much the heat. It's the, I guess, what I would call zombies at night. Um, granted, I, I walk the streets a little bit sometimes at night, so people probably see me that way, but there's people out here that like to come. Like last night, I had somebody come out here and was just, I don't know, playing not antics around the, around my tent out here and it woke me up, so I heard him out there shuffling. I got come and got out here, and it was a young lady. I don't know what her mental problems were, but that's a big issue out here. But she was bored, I'm assuming, had nothing better to do but to come out. And it's unfortunate. How does the heat make you feel? I mean, I know I feel really tired and sluggish, but you know, you being out here all the time, how does it make you feel? Not being able to breathe as much, like I said, to the CFMD, I'm getting carbon monoxide and pollution probably from that. So disoriented, dizzy, not enough oxygen up to my brain. I, I'm guessing, and like I said, again, I smoke cigarettes, so that doesn't help either. How do you stay cool out here? Water, usually stay reckless. This awning kind of got up the, over the top of the uh, tent so it doesn't touch it, so it's like shade, shade. How do you think this summer compares to other summers? They're getting worse from, um, from the obvious global warming. Um, and you know, I'm homeless right at the moment, but if we don't all start paying attention to what we're doing to the planet, we're all going to be homeless faster than we know it. Um, I didn't, I'm like I said, at 59, I particularly didn't come here to watch the world burn and leave it burning to my children. And unfortunately, I guess I took my eye off the ball. So I'm doing what I can at the moment. Um, do you know about the cooling centers they have here in Salt Lake? I do not. Okay, they have some cooling centers and I believe the public library is actually one. Hmm. Um, 
I guess I, I'm wondering if you had known about the cooling centers, would you go and like cool off there at all? It depends on, I'm not, like I said, PTSD is kind of a people thing, but yeah, I probably would if it was really bad. Um, cause it's suicide to stay out here and do nothing if you know about it. So yeah, yeah, I probably would. What else do you need to stay safe when it's so hot outside? Well, in general, place to live that's affordable. But to be honest with you, I just barely acquired a caseworker, case manager, which is insane because as far as being on the street, literally, um, not in a motel or anything, we, my wife and I, it's been three years since the embassy, we were in the embassy apartment downtown and the apartment above us caught fire. We were displaced during COVID, all unfortunate, but we've been on the street since then. So, uh, man, safety, because uh, there's, there's other, other things going on out here on the street that I'm not gonna alliterate into very, very much, but I mean, there's a lot of trafficking and stuff going on out here, which makes it dangerous out here, so. What else do you want people to understand about being unsheltered during the summer? We think a lot about homelessness during the winter when it's cold, but what about during the summer? What should people know? It's just as bad, if not worse, than the winter um, because people are dehydrated out here. And there's a lot of people out here that don't think and don't don't drink any water or anything. Um, plus on top of that, some of the substance abuse that's going on out here lowers the fluid system and that people don't realize that they're actually dehydrating and they're getting sunstroke. And so it compounds on top of the mental health issues anyway. And the public might in general just think that the, person, the people are losing it, but they're not. There's an actual health issue. Okay, anything else you wanna say? No, thanks for coming out and taking the time to, to, to ask questions. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's nice to know people care. Of course. Well, you're my neighbor, you know, so. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. 
If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. If you feel outraged, you should know there are specific things we can do to look out for each other this summer. I met up with Wendy Garvin at one of our parks to talk about what that looks like. She is the executive director of Unsheltered Utah. You and your team at Unsheltered Utah are doing weekly outreach to unsheltered Salt Lakers during this just a wicked, another wicked hot summer. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing? Uh, I mean, the heat is the thing that we hear about the very most. It yeah. is um, even when it's freezing cold in the winter, people have strategies. They have generators. They can they can burn things. They can create mm. heat somehow. There's no options during the summer. And so I would say that the heat in the summer is actually more dangerous. We're seeing more heat strokes. We're seeing more um, just people debilitated and exhausted by the heat. Um, we find that most of the outreach organizations are only giving out one or two bottles of water a day. And so we tested it. Um, we would go out and spend all day with our unsheltered friends helping them move or something like that. And we tested how much water we needed. Mm -hmm. It was over a gallon yeah. for one day. Well, we know the city, the county has facilitated these cooling centers. And they're not, they're not really new spaces. It's like a library or an existing building. And I know the qualifications are, it's got to have AC and it's got to have a water fountain. Are you finding that people you're talking to know about the cooling centers? Um, we do not find that the unsheltered population knows about most of the services that we have out there. And mm. in fact, we've given credit to the city because they've been reaching out to small outreach teams like us who spend a lot of day-to-day -day time with our unsheltered population mm -hmm. and trying to make sure we get that information so that there's a better chance that it gets spread out. Mm -hmm. So I think they're aware that people don't know. Um, it is particularly hard to communicate with the unsheltered population. They don't use social media. They, they don't keep phones for very long. So their phone numbers change probably monthly or more often. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's really hard to get a coordinated message all the way out. So I think working with the outreach teams is one method that, that definitely we should be doing. But I also would love to see flyers posted in areas where the unsheltered population hangs out. Mm -hmm. Because um, th if they don't know, they could literally pass away outside a library, right. not realizing that they're allowed to go in and cool off there. Right. I'm curious if you think people would, because we hear a lot in the winter, like there is reticence to go to some of the shelters in the winter. Do you think people would go to cooling centers if they knew about them, like in droves or? I do think they would go to cooling centers. They may pop in and out rather than spend the whole day there. And they may not, um, they may not all go at the same time, which is probably good, but uh, I do think that people would use them if they realized it was an option. We ran into a few barriers and um, what we found was some conflict between the day-to-day -day maintenance staff and the unsheltered population that was coming in because often our unsheltered friends have large quantities of stuff that they mm -hmm. keep with them at all times, yeah. maybe in a shopping cart or a, on a trailer or something. And uh, the rec centers, had rules against this from previous interactions. And so we had to go around and say, hey, did you know that you're a cooling center? And we found that the cooling centers did not know that they were cooling mm -hmm. centers. Yeah. 
but we reached out to the directors of the rec centers and let them know. And what they did is uh, mostly they just put bike racks towards the front of the building so people could lock up their possessions and mm. have it still be in sight of the windows. Mm -hmm. And once the maintenance personnel understood that that was an allowed activity, the conflict ended and everybody got along and the cooling centers were well used. What I'm hearing you say is like, it's not just about opening the door or saying, it's about like designing a space that feels really inclusive. Right. It uh, and And designing is a good word because we very frequently do this, which is not a bad program. The cooling centers are a good program. Yeah, they are. But what we do is we're like, oh, well, we have some buildings. They have some air conditioner. We'll just open them up. And, yeah. and so what you get is, for example, the rec centers have a lobby area. There's usually um, a drinking fountain in the lobby and five or six chairs. Mm -hmm. And that is where the unsheltered population is welcome to go. They can't actually access the facilities, use the showers, use the use mm. the other things that they might need. Mm. And it's boring. It's yeah. boring to just sit in a room without being allowed to do anything. Right. And my experience is that bored people are not always the best behaved. Yeah. And so we do end up with conflicts in those cooling shelters. And I think it's primarily because there's nothing to do. Right. And so, yes, you can survive the heat if you're willing to sit there and do nothing for however many hours you need to be in out of it. And so I think it's a step in the right direction, but I actually think we need to design facilities that are daytime centers for our unsheltered population, places they can go in, access computers, uh, get cooling, get water, right. maybe take some showers. So based on what you're hearing then, what is needed? Like, how can we all pitch in? Uh, well, that's there's two different questions there. What is needed is full-time facilities with staffing and services. Right. That is what we actually need to to start to get ahead of this problem. Right. But what can we do right now? Yeah. If everybody in the city just put a flat of water in their back seat, and when you drive up to a corner and you see an unsheltered person, hand them a few bottles of water. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get out. You don't have to become best friends with them, although I, I encourage you to make some friends out there but just hand them some water. If you go in a gas station and you see somebody else unsheltered sitting outside, get them a glass full of ice. It costs 50 cents. Mm -hmm. um, or if you have your own container, it costs zero cents. Mm -hmm. And then just give them some ice. They can put their soda over it or their existing water or just use it to cool their body. And um, it, simple, simple little gestures from the population around us mm -hmm. would essentially not solve this problem, but help people survive until we have real solutions. You mentioned that like just approaching someone with a bottle of water, handing it out is helpful. But I know that there are often good tips on how to approach people because sometimes you have the best intentions, but your impact could be really negative or harmful. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips on how best to go about distributing water in a way that is gracious? When I enter into a new camp, the first thing I always say is, hey, friend, how you doing? Um, express a little concern for their situation and ask them what they need. It's easy right now because the chances are very good that what they need is some way to cool off water or ice or, or similar. But just be friendly. If I approach a tent, I say, knock, knock. Um, I don't have a door to knock on, but I think it's very respectful to to recognize their privacy and their their very small amount of personal space that they have mm -hmm. so that I'm not just intruding. And I find that if you are polite and respectful to your unsheltered neighbors, that they return that, um, especially if they find out that you're there to give them something that they need. Right. 
So right. I, I very rarely have any safety concerns when I'm out among the unsheltered population by just following the simple, you know, respect your neighbor policy. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that it's someone's home. Yes. And so behave as you would in someone's home. Yes. And and I I know many people have feelings about people setting up homes in public spaces right now. Um, I would say that we have a crisis of homelessness right now. And if these folks had some place to go, they would go there. And so I, I really encourage you to recognize that they're dealing with a, a desperate situation right now. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that we can do is be respectful of them and and understanding until we as a city can get together and, and build another shelter and put together more uh, affordable housing. Wendy Garvin, thank you so much for chatting with me on this lovely park bench today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. We really love the opportunity to talk about our friends that live on the streets. If you want to help with outreach efforts or donate needed items, you can find lists and links at unshelteredutah.org. And if you or someone you encounter is seeking a place to cool down this summer, I linked the formal list of Salt Lake County cool zones in the show notes. Or write down this number, because wherever you are, you can call it, and they will tell you the closest public place to cool off. Ready? 385-468-3200. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.